And hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show for tonight's podcast episode. I have my good friend Charlie with me, and I have my brother from Schmoes of the North from Canada. Say hello to everybody. Uh, your brother from another country, my man. Hey, everyone, exactly. how you doing? It's nice I'm to be on on a regular uh, topic discussion uh, episode. Uh, and as you, if those who are uh, familiar with me, I've changed uh, PCs and, and camera and my friends playing and it's showing back to me. So, hey, at least it fits. <laughs> right. It fits your vibe from what's up there. So it's actually perfect. So Pretty much ho hockey all the time. <laughs> exactly. Hockey 24-7 up in Canada. It's good to have you on and everything. It's good to be in the, in front of everybody in good company with friends. Thank you again, Charlie, for joining us mm -hmm. and everything, too, doing this. So with that being said, our topic for tonight is movie franchises that overstayed their welcome. And basically, we're just going to talk about, you know, when is enough enough when it comes down to certain movie franchises? For example, the Pirates of the Caribbean, Transformers, Fast and the Furious. We're going to get into all that and plus many more franchises that just gets on everybody else's nerves. Now, here's a little small disclaimer. If you don't like Batman, if you think that Batman is actually a lot like where people are just getting fatigued to Batman and you're not, that's okay because of the fact it's subjective. And because movies are subjective, we can actually disagree with certain things and we can agree on certain things. And I don't want to have it to where it's all one-sided or anything like that based on our thoughts. So with that being said, let's go ahead and get into it. Um, so basically for me, when I'm thinking of movie franchises and stuff like that, first off the bat is the Transformer franchise. Now, here's the thing. I like the Bumblebee spinoff movie and everything else, even though that's away from the actual Transformers itself. But whenever you look at it as a whole, it feels like a two and a half hour spinning camera angles, a Super Bowl commercial and everything with very, very little plot or anything like that. That's just my own opinion. But I also like the very first Transformers movie, which I thought was really good whenever it was coming out of the gate. Then you get into the other ones, and it's just not that great or anything like that. But what about you guys? Um, as far as the Transformers, what when you look at franchises, which ones are you guys are actually fatigued about stuff? Well, I'm not fatigued with any franchise in the sense that, yeah, you can have bad movies, but for me, franchises really open up the door to multiple potentials. Like you say yourself, Transformers. First one was pretty good. The other ones were like, which one is which again? And then you got Bumblebee. Mm -hmm. It didn't. It was not a financial success, but it advanced in an angle that was not Michael Bay's view, and it was actually pretty good. Mm -hmm. So the the potential is limitless in any franchise because it's a world. It's not just about one thing and one thing alone. And if you know it doesn't work that time, it will never work. Uh, franchises can be rethought and and redone in a way that always brings a new angle look at the joker we've mm -hmm. seen joker multiple times and yet joaquin phoenix's the, the joker mm -hmm. is unique on its own you wouldn't have that if the franchise fatigue is to a level that it's not makeable anymore you can always do else worlds you can always do right boots you can always do something to bring the excitement and like it or not in the day and age we, we live in Franchises will be here for a long time. So there's something right. for every generation. You know, so I, you know, yes, there's certain franchises are getting a bit tiresome in the current angle, like Fast and Furious. But Fast and Furious did something of its own. Like the first two, three movies is not a spy extra, extra propaganda, it's street racing, but they reinvented themselves, right? 
and they can still reinvent themselves in the future to keep the franchise going. So I don't think it's going anywhere, to be honest. What about you, Charlie? I'm um, going to Transformers. Like, yeah, the first one was great because I didn't expect that one to be good. For the second and third one, I enjoyed them for what they were. Like, I enjoyed them for the action sequences, and that's what the whole point of it is. Um, that um, the fourth one, I thought it was funny because it was it was just funny. It was my sister and my dad. We all went to see it, and this Mark Wahlberg this this bashing the boyfriend yeah like yeah i want i want to keep my mouth fresh when i'm making out with your daughter and him just chucking it like the, de- the the no dating zone i thought that was hysterical like i and i like mark Wahlberg. i thought for what it was the fourth one was entertaining for what it was um the only bummer is there was no lincoln park song at the end of that one because that's when the after the thir- uh, the first three there and then because that's how you knew as uh, transformers movies lincoln park plays after plays a song at the end of it the fourth one was Imagine Dragons. That was okay, but you just you just kind of missed the Lincoln Park. The fifth one, I mean, I have it in 4K because I had to get them all. But I mean, the fifth one had moments in it. Mark Wahlberg again, I like him, um, and I like Bumblebee. But I can understand it's t- it's getting kind of tiresome. They need to kind of change it up, and I kind of that's why I think Michael Bay needs to stop. But um, but yeah, so I think for me, like a big one. Um, I got to go back. I'm kind of fatigued with Batman already because of the fact that they keep having a cast over. Like I loved Christian Bale. I thought he was great. And I was a fan of the Ben Affleck one. Now that they're coming up with multiple Batmans, like the fact is Warner brothers is so scared. The flash is going to suck that you have to have two bat, like two Batmans in one movie. No, you gotta have Michael Keaton and then you gotta have Ben Affleck. I don't know. Like, Warner Brothers doesn't seem to know what it's doing these days, and I think, the, and I think the Robert Pattinson one looks absolute garbage. It does for me, and and it's like and it's like and all the people you have in it, sure, yeah, but Robert Pattinson for me, it's it's just not gonna work. I'm kind of tired of it because you're kind. It's like it's like they're them for Batman is like the Spider-Man movies. You gotta kill Uncle Ben. No matter what movie, we already killed him before. Doesn't matter. We got to kill him again. It's just like it gets to the point. I'm like, leave the guy alone. Like, this, at least stick with one Batman for a little while, and then and then do it. Not like after Ben Affleck had a, like two movies, then recast him. It's like, come well, on already. It, it like the pre-established, the bigger ones, right? This is the future franchises. Look what they're doing with uh, Marvel. Look what they're doing with DC. They have a long span history that they can bring back movies that were done 30 years ago and people still care. When I heard Michael Keaton's going back, I'm like, holy shit, it's something we never thought we would see. But bringing comic book elements and doing the multiverse and giving the possibility that probably someone pitched 20 years ago and the studio heads are like, are you crazy? That would never work. In today's day and age, it works. It's the evolution of franchises that really brings possibilities that we never would have thought of seen like another example <clears throat> yes they're doing multiverse now right but just having tom holland in uh, the mcu a lot of people never thought we would see a spider-man in mcu let alone x-man let alone so there's evolutions right when it comes to batman i get what you mean but at the same time i like the fact that there's multiple batmans uh not every Batman has the same type of quality, same type of storylines. The Robert Pattinson one has like a hard-boiled detective feel to it, and it's 
exploring again an angle that we haven't seen much in the movies so always bringing something new is what important if you always bring the same thing like transformers the first couple ones it was cool visually but it brought <clears throat> nothing new it was the same flavor same big bang with boobs and, and uh boobs and ass and let's have a movie right that was, <laughs> Chris that was transformers. boobs and ass <laughs> It's boobs and ass in the sequel, and the sequel after that is right. boobs and ass and explosions, you know? Um, but they weren't trying something new and fell flat True. after a while. Then Bubblebee came. So franchises is good only if you push the limit every time or every segment, right? And again, look what the X-Men did. Days of Future Past. The, the, the they found a way, they merged it. And God knows what can happen with MCU, right? With multiverse, you can bring certain elements of the old, if possible. I had uh, actually this discussion with that with my friend. Uh, will they maybe appear in Deadpool? Because now, uh, this Disney has Star, right? They would put the R rating stuff or more mature stuff. They can still live on with Deadpool. There's so much possibilities. The one thing I do agree, though, is the lesser, the smaller universes. They have to push. They have to evolve, right? Like. Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. What do you do? What do you do with that? Like it was, the whole franchise is almost based off, off of one character. The rest is a kind of who right. gives a shit. Who really gives a shit? And it's all about Jack Sparrow. And now Jack Sparrow doesn't have the same gravitas. Thank you, John Roca. Uh, <laughs> gravitas as as any other franchise or like some horror franchises, right? Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th. What do you do with that to evolve it, right? Because it's so stuck to one genre. Is it possible? Yes. But the smaller ones have to find a way to evolve because the future of cinema is franchises. The big screen stuff, right? The big screen stuff. We'll still see smaller stuff on streaming platforms and Oscar time, etc. But the blockbuster movie has been a while and it's going to be uh, for a while, replaced by franchise movies. Mm -hmm. So you, it's not going away. So you at least have to find a way to make it interesting and not make it stale. Mm -hmm. For your mention about Star, actually the States doesn't get Disney Star. I think it's only overseas. I think it's because we have Hulu, I guess. I'm not 100% sure. Um, Probably so, because at that time, too, Disney now owns like 50% of stock in Hulu and everything before... Yeah. They only own 20%. Then when they bought Fox, it came out to be yeah. another 20%, which gained 40. Yeah. Now well, you have to get 40. Come to Canada, we have stars. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, I mean, for the pirates, like I, I, I mean that that one's definitely another one that's kind of overstate because I love the first three, and I love the the cast of like Jack Sparrow, Will Turner, and Elizabeth. Elizabeth Swan. Those three were the core of those movies, and like Orlando Bloom was fantastic. Here Knight was great, and, J and Johnny Depp. The fourth one sucked because a that those two people were in it. That was bad, but I think they kind of righted it a little bit with the fifth one when they brought in Will Turner's son, right? And then Barbosa's daughter, and then they brought all the characters back, and then at the end of it with the, the post credit scene of bringing Davy Jones back, that was kind of cool. Um, like, and I was excited to see that continue because I wanted to see one final movie with the three of them having to go up against Davy Jones again. I was looking forward to that and then, and having their kids, like the kids, Bar uh, Barbosa's daughter and Will Turner's son involved. And I kind of was looking forward to that. And then then, then now there's like a spinoff, maybe of all-female, one of Margaret Roby. 
I don't know where it's gone from here, but I think, like I said, I for the fifth one, I like that one a lot better than the fourth because the fourth one was just a filler movie. What was the point of it, really? What was the point? And you see, with the fifth movie for Pirates of the Caribbean, and I have to say this, I like the first two Pirates of the, Car Pirates of the Caribbean films. And the other two, not so much. Then the fifth one comes out. They kind of did what Fast and the Furious did with Van Diesel with Tokyo Drift by putting in the characters, the, the characters that you know and love. So they mm -hmm. decided to do kind of like a soft reboot, but not actually a reboot, just a retelling of certain characters and where they're at at that certain point. Kind of like what Van Diesel did at the very end whenever you see him drift in Tokyo Drift. But... I'm actually kind of, if they would actually say, hey, look, we're doing another Pirates of the Caribbean movie, and I'm like, I'll be, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to, at this point and everything, I would be excited. But now, if they would actually say, hey, look, we're doing another one with the same cast, the same people, um, I'll be like, no thanks. This, I, I, I jumped off the boat after the fourth one. I'm good. I don't need to see any more. You didn't like it, the it, third one, John? No. World, World's no. End. That was no, pretty no, cool. No, no. <laughs> uh, but and here's the thing. That's the thing. Like, it, like make take the Pirates of the Caribbean, but make it an angle of a horror movie. Make it a like do something new with it. Put in, inject some like because so, sometimes switching up the cast. They say, oh, all female cast. Yeah, look at Ghostbusters when he did all female female cast. I personally like the movie, but it was not well received, right? Just yeah. because you do a switch up doesn't mean it's guaranteed to actually bring success and make a you know a, a solid awesome movie. Now you inject like the 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 the, the Ghostbuster that's coming out it has a different angle. It might work. You never know, right? But it, again, it's very tricky, right? Because you have to please the fans of the current things. You have to bring in new uh, new fans in, and finding that middle balance is extremely hard. Very few do it, but those who do really, really have a longevity. Look at Fast and Furious. Again, going back to that. I'm not a fan of it, but those who love it fucking love it because it it went from, a, you know, just a street racing thing to something, like, over-the-top, almost a, an odd to, like, bad 80s movie with awesome graphics, right? And, and, and it, it's driving that. So those who are able to adapt and find the middle ground and find something that you can really sell and evolve at the same time, those ones are going to survive. I'm one of them. I'm, I'm a huge fan of the Fast and Furious franchise. I hated the first three because the street racing stuff was kind of boring. I didn't care for that. Once the yeah. fourth one happened, they kind of like, they gave Vin Diesel the power for it, and then the fifth one just skyrocketed. Like, it, when you bring in The Rock, like, you bring in other characters, you bring in these people, bring in Jason Statham, Charlize Theron, it's kind of... It, 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 it's 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 working for what it is it, it it's making money and it's and i mean yeah it's ridiculous but at this point i'm like there's two more movies left in this one and then then the, and the rock's not going to be in these next two but he's going to be in, he will be in the spinoff with the hops and shaw like i mean i i i, I i'll go to the theater to see these because the, these are entertaining i thought the ninth mm -hmm. one was a lot better than the eighth one um, John's shaking his head with me right there, but I did get in to say an aha moment. I'm like, <laughs> you did appreciate Fast 9 for I said I appreciated. Now, here's the thing. I did yeah. say I did appreciate the fact that no. it made sense for Han to actually be alive, but it does not take away that it was a Fast and the Furious meme movie. You just had high expectations into it, John. That's all, no, that's it's all on you, man. All hey, on you. here's the thing, though, man. Here's the thing. 
you're talking to someone that loved the Fast and the Furious franchise. Then all of a sudden, I looked at the trailer, and I just didn't like it. It was not something I was sold on. But once I saw how enthused you were over it and how much you enjoyed it, and everything, and then us doing the reviews for all these all these Fast and the Furious movies, I was like, you know what? I'm actually pumped up enough to try and see the ninth movie, and everything. Then I see them in space. Then I see nothing like. Here's the thing: The Rock and Vin Diesel made sense with fighting and everything because you had something that led up to it towards that. When they when supposedly his brother. Um, Dom's brother and them are fighting. John Cena is fighting. It does not make any sense. They're they're fighting, and it's not the same level of fighting. And the stunt work wasn't that great either when it came down to the fighting styles that we got in the fifth movie. Now I do appreciate what the Fast and the Furious fr franchise did in the fifth one because it felt more like a heist movie, but with um with fast cars doing ridiculous stuff. And I was I was okay with it because I can turn my brain off for two and a half hours, shove some popcorn in my face, and enjoy it for what it is. With this ninth movie, I was like, you know what? I'm out. I'm out. Because especially whenever the ver I don't know if Frenchie's gonna be interested in seeing this ninth movie or not. I I can't even like distinguish them from one another. I'm not a fan at all. I actually okay. like one two because I was, was like playing Need for Speed back in the day. I was okay. like, hey, it's a Need for Speed movie, you know? Right. Okay. With that being but, said, okay. But yeah, I, I understand the allure, right? It's the same right. thing for, let's say, Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible at first was like very like, like action oriented, yes, but it evolved into very extreme stuff, right? And it was fun to watch. Not as extreme and over, you know, overblown as Fast and Furious, but I get the the attraction per se. Right. Now, what, I, what I'm going to do is this. Now, with this ninth one, I feel like uh, Vin Diesel needs to let Paul Walker go. He needs to let Paul Walker go. We He retired in the seventh movie. Why are you going to have that homage to him if you're just going to have him show up, at, his car show up at towards the end of the movie and be like, wh why? Just why? Because that just doesn't make any sense to me. You let the, let him go. You know, you know what, Finn? You just need to go on ahead, step away from the Fast and the Furious franchise, and not be a producer anymore, and let it grow on its own on the last two films that you want to do. Be an actor and not be behind the scenes where you have your thumbprints on everything to the point where now you're beefing with The Rock, who was actually helping you with your franchise. And then you well, wind up shoving him. There's a lot of things we don't know, right? Like I'm sure right. they both have enormous... Right, it's two male dominance, though, too. Yeah, it's it's two alphas with cars right now. So right. It's, I, I understand the, 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 the creative sometimes control issues. Uh, another franchise, I think, for the better or for worse, because there's some really good movies in it and there's some really bad movies, especially like in their recent years, would be for me James Bond. James Bond has been mm. older than you know most of us alive combined together, right? Uh, it's been there for a long time and still finds a way to always attract mm. going from very, very like corny, uh, moonraker type of James Bond to having a casino royale, right? So, that is another movie I think that will always live on just for the simple fact that you can always recast James Bond and people still 
bite into it and for them it's like that is james bond same thing same. for it's the same concept like it's not a movie but um uh, doctor who the whole concept of changing doctor is to make sure that it always lives on right so again franchises if they find a way to make it interesting because uh the current James Bond brought something that we haven't seen in the James Bond, vulnerability, humanism, but a type of badass that is unique to Daniel Craig himself, I find, right? That no other uh, actor brought to James Bond. And then you recast him to bring out another element we haven't seen, and so on. Mm-hmm. And that, for me, is the base of art making, the base of filmmaking, is to mm-hmm. always bring an angle to something we've right. seen multiple times. I mean, the quality in the Bond movies have improved as the years progress. Like, sure, like you said, there's each 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 person's got a bad movie. Like, I didn't care for the Sean Connery movie, so all of, all of his weren't great. But that was just me. Um, but like each one, there's always that. There's always a bad one with each person, and there's a lot of good ones. Like Pierce Brosnan has two good ones, and he's got two bad ones. Mm. So far, Daniel Craig's only got one bad one for me, and that's Quantum Solace. But, but this current gen of uh, the Bond movies, you've got movies where you can get villains that are fantastic. Like Skyfall has the like out of all the Bond movies, yeah. probably has the best villain in Silva. Mm-hmm. Javier mm-hmm. Bardem is absolutely. I mean, his opening monologue is like we don't get this often, and that's why I have really high hopes for Rami Malek, and I think he's going to be a great villain in No Time to Die, and. For a movie that like and, and the new time to die has got a lot on it because it, it, it needs nine hundred need to make my nine hundred million dollars to make a profit because of how many delays the movie's got and like overseas and stuff. Like I'm hoping it does well because I want this one to be like the going out party for Daniel Craig. And I think I want this to be master. right. I want this to actually be Hugh Jackman's go Daniel Craig's Wolverine basically yeah where he's going out on a high note and everything just like Hugh Jackman did with Wolverine I'm not confident uh, I'll sadly have to say I'm not confident because if the Suicide Squad did very poorly and that was amazingly received and personally I, I gave it like an eight stars on ten right I absolutely love the movie same here but it bombed and it's 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 a question of you know bombed is a big word but at the same time for what it would have got back in the day, the pre-COVID, and yeah. now in cinemas, I'm not sure of what happened, or like streaming, early access shit, but just as a cinematic event. Mm-hmm. And for me, James Bond is a cinematic event, yes. right? The so, is, oh, sorry, go ahead, Frenchie. No, but it, I, guess, I, I was pretty much done. So go. Okay, I was gonna say the upside for Bond compared to Suicide Squad. Bond doesn't ha- isn't same day streaming and on in and theaters. That was what happened with the Suicide Squad. It was free for HBO Max, so it was same day in theaters and streaming. Bond I'll, I'll does be, not have I'll that. Be, I'll be right back. Uh, give me okay. a good second. Okay. No problem. Sorry, but, uh, no, 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 no. You're good. Uh, he he was actually saying that you made your point on that part. Um, I do want to piggyback off of the Batman thing too. A little mm-hmm. bit and also to mention some of the stuff that Frenchie was saying about Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. So first thing is first, you know me, I'm a horror guy. I love horror movies <laughs> and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So to me, if I was to reboot Nightmare on Elm Street and make it different, be, I feel like that you can actually do it 
but do it differently. And the way you do that is you add in the psychological aspect to it of something happening in your dream, which they do do that, but do it a lot more, a little bit more differently. You can actually have the makers of the drug that actually helps you be awake or helps you sleep and then have it being some type of entity to where it actually has, has an effect on you or something something that's different, something that will actually draw in something to make it like a psychological horror rather than a slasher horror, even though that's where Freddy is, he's slasher horror, but you can add in the slasher part too within the dreams and add in a psychological aspect though to it at the same mm -hmm. time. Um, but going off the Batman stuff, yeah, I'm a huge fan when it comes down to Batman. Each person has their way of telling their own story with Batman. I'm not at that level that you're at whenever it comes down to the Batman movies or anything like that. Or because of the fact I love Batman, I love Batman mm -hmm. franchises. But here's the thing: you know me, I my love for Robert Pattinson and stuff like that because of what I was sold on, and also too, I used to be a huge um, hater on him because he was in some bad movies with the Twilight Saga. And also too, I have to I'll have to own up to the fact that you know we had some bad Batman films before um, before we winded up getting. Christopher Nolan involved because the part of the reason why we didn't get any comic book movies for a while was because of the fact with Batman and Robin, for example, bat nips. Yep. Bat nipples, stuff like that. So, and also too, don't forget the American express card that. Yeah. It's funny. Like I just arrived to that because I was actually watching it today, Batman and Robin. Uh, and mm -hmm. not only we have bat nips, we have bat butt, bat crutch, a crotch. Bat uh, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's bad. It's, it's yeah. again, everybody freeze, but it's so bad that it becomes like a, like a, a cringe cult classic. I, I mm. actually appreciate them. Uh, are we doing the Batman segment or, or that just, uh, I was just something that I wanted to jump on piggyback off of you about the Batman franchise. That's all. And okay. stuff like that. And I also jumped on a little bit of nightmare and on street though, too, on how to make it different on a mm. psychological aspect. Maybe doing something within with the drug, and then incorporating uh, the Freddy Krueger character, and finding a way, um, making it different through that aspect, making it more psychological and also slasher horror. I always thought, like the horror aspect, I always thought that um, the Friday the Thirteenth has so much more potential than just he's still alive and he's killing. Right? The, you're at a point; it's it's sci-fi horror. You fuck. You want the space for fuck's sakes, right? And and Jason right. X. So th there's something to do to push than always just remaking the slasher, trying to like recapture the vibe of the first, the second one technically, or at least start up with the mom. I don't know. Do something a bit than what we saw for the last like 20 years. Mm -hmm. And that for me is like Jason being. We're talking multiverses. Fuck. I would love to see. The, the idea of a, there's a Jason in each universe, right? A bit different than each other, but there's one thing striving. It's like Jason's soul is split into multiple ways, and this person and 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 the, the main antagonist realizes it and has to go in different dimensions and, you know, right. something. Just bring something different. Just well, don't do the same, you know. I do want to mention this. My friend Jason Pitts, who's an independent director, who I actually interviewed, and everything he's actually doing something different with the jason franchise and everything it's more of a fan-made thing but he's doing something different with this jason Voorhees movie it's called uh for jason Voorhees uh night of the beast i believe 
And basically what he's doing is he's putting a Sasquatch for Jason to fight. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, that's fucking awesome. You know what? This this is what we needed during COVID is, is basically Jason versus Sasquatch. It's yeah. <laughs> so... Like I said, he's filming it right now, and he's got one of the actors from Stranger Things involved in it, oh, nice. who played the ambulance driver. So, you know, Jason Pitts also made an independent film film called Alone, which is actually a really good movie that Charlie and I reviewed, and we also interviewed that cast. But, you know, check check out Night of the Beat uh, and everything off the off his page and everything. But yeah, as far as movie franchises go and everything, when it comes down to different ones, you guys were talking about James Bond earlier. Uh, I know that Charlie wanted to make some points with James Bond and stuff like that, so I'll let Charlie take the floor yeah. on that. I mean, I already, I already did. I think, like, I mean, I already mentioned about like the uh, the villain, the good villains, and stuff like that. And it's not, it's, and it's all. I also mentioned that it it has the advantage of not being same day on streaming and in theaters because I think that's what really, really affected um, Suicide Squad and Look a Free Guy. Free Guy was only in theaters, and it's it's held strong and it's got fantastic reviews and it's it's a great video game movie i mean i i, I it's my favorite movie of the year is free guy and uh but I was, I was bummed about suicide squad and how like how it didn't do as hot i have a little bit more hope for bond because it, it doesn't have much going coming out there but we'll see i don't know i mean but i mean I, i'm rooting for it because i i've been i've been waiting for this that movie for a long time so um so i'm excited for it so i'm, I'm rooting for it to do well but I'm just glad it doesn't have that same day streaming because Disney's in some hot water with that right now. <laughs> and, and then there's also like franchises that are not necessarily the biggest franchises, but they have been so long in the movie industry. And that would be uh, Romero's uh, uh, Undead series. Like all the Dawn, the Dawn of the Day yeah. of the Dead, Night of the Dead, City of the Dead, Land of the Dead. It's a zombie you know, franchise, basically. Basically, but his uh, zombie franchise, they kind of connect and don't, but it's something of the dead, right? And these are B-class movie now. There, there's a couple of new ones I haven't seen, but I know George A. A Romero did them. And there's an audience for it. Is it extraordinary, the best movie on the planet? No. But is it? does it do what it does and does it deliver what the fans want to see, which is zombies and people get ripped up into pieces and involving the zombie psychology because he does that apparently. Yeah, and that for me is a franchise, you know. <clears throat> and there's 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 other franchises like like that, like the Toxic Avenger, the really bad uh, old movies, right? There's there's things you can do, like not just necessarily big blockbusters, but what is better than taking an idea and expanding it in different uh, different varieties and exploring that world? Yeah. Um, two speaking of the two horror franchises, I think that, that definitely overstated its welcome. Saw franchise, I think. Okay, I think we're. I think. I'm sorry. I think we're done with it. I mean, what you did with Spiral, that was just that was disappointing. How that worked what? out. That was a disappointing movie. I'm oh, not gonna lie. I mean, I was, I was disappointed to it. I it's just, fucking loved it. And then the other one is the Purge franchise. I think we're. I think it's enough with the Purge. It's like I'm done with the Purge though, too. Myself, to I mean, be honest. You the did the first Purge, now the Forever Purge, and there's another one coming out. I'm like, come on, already. Like. The Two and three were great, were entertaining when it was open, more open world. 
And then the, the first one was a, the prequel was, was alright. I mean, Marissa Tomei, like, getting killed off right off the bat when she has a heart. I'm like, yeah, that just sums her eyes. Like, I think I'm kind of, I'm tired of that. I mean, for the perch, but especially the Saw. I didn't see any of the Saw movies, but I know they keep coming out like crazy. Well, okay. I was excited for, I was excited for Spiral. I went, and I actually watched Spiral, and I was disappointed with how it kind of worked out. I mean, it just, it just how it ended. Like, it was, there, there was, there needed to be more from it. Um, well, I, I just think it's just been on way too long, and I think, I think it's well, like, and, and John, you're going to mention Paranormals, but I mean. Right. But here's the thing, though. This is just my thoughts, and I'll get, let Frenchie take the floor after me, but Here's my thoughts on the Saw franchise. I think of it as a jigsaw puzzle that you're trying to solve. And therefore, you think you can have one piece figured out. There's another piece added in later on. And what you you have a misconception within a psychological film that's horror and slasher at the same time, which yeah. is something that I, I loved about the Saw franchise and everything in itself, because it was always a mystery to solve. Rather than, yes, it relied on gore and stuff like that, and for the sake of having gore, but at the same time, you're enticed into it because you're trying to solve a mystery as who is the person that's actually doing it, since John Kramer is no longer doing what he's doing and everything. So that's why you're solely invested. At least that's why I was. Now, with the Spiral movie, not so much. I didn't like, I was disappointed with the Spiral film. Yeah, and here's why I defer from these guys. There was, uh, I don't know if you guys remember it, but there was a soft reboot of Saw, the one right before Spiral. And, and yeah. Just, uh, yeah, and why it didn't work is just trying to recapture what it did before. Still trying to connect John Kramer, but not really. Yeah. But compared to Spiral, it's its own thing. It references um, John Kramer in the sense that he probably awakened, uh, like the Joker disease, you know, uh, in comics that disease goes in different people because it's part of humanity and you can become like that same thing for spiral it influences but it's not tied directly to to, to the other saw it does its own thing and trying to push its own style and that for me like i mentioned before that what makes an interesting franchise you push it in different directions this is about the message is about not you know you have forsaken with your life and you have wasted your life so here's a chance to relive your life in a new vision that's been done let that go the fact that they're going about uh, you know police brutality uh, the, the the bad side the darker side of police mm -hmm. and trying to explore a different narrative it can open up the whole different thing you, you can go into the, the, the corruption and politics you see you that's what i liked about spiral i like that aspect but it didn't show me enough on it for me to like it like it on but, that aspect but i see that i see it as a starting a stepping stone okay. uh, like an opening you know can they push it can they push a lot more Fuck yeah but is there room to push a lot more Fuck yeah because the whole you is not tied to john kramer and his message so the floor is yours people and make something interesting and the fact that you know chris rock was interested in producing it and starting in it and that excites me. That is a different view on things and a much needed view on things on especially horror franchises. Going to what you guys said though, The Purge, I was never a fan at all. Like I found it stupid until I watched the TV series. The TV series made me realize that there's a lot to explore. There's, it, it's not just about, okay, we have one, one day and night and kill. 
there's different perspectives to that uh, to that night, and you can explore it in multiple ways. Does it become redundant if it's always done the same way? Yes, but there's other there, there's different chapters. It's its own world, right? And like Charlie, you would react or have the same motivations if you go on a purge night than I would or you, John, right? If right. we would participate in in it, we would have three different angles, three different narratives going into it and that would for me makes it interesting right um so i'm actually more in love with the purge now than i used to be before because i didn't understand the concept now i do okay my question about the tv series and everything is this do they focus on different characters that's doing the purge do they team up do they have di and do they actually talk about different sections of each yeah. each part yeah. of the purge and also to the politics of the purge itself but which is interesting you i'm guessing you haven't seen it john i haven't seen uh the it's tv series it. that's why i'm asking and the first season is puzzling all the, the the puzzle pieces right you you see multiple characters and you're trying you kind of understand their motivation but you don't fully understand it until the last episode everything you know confluxes Comes together one thing and the second that this is where it impressed me, I was like, okay, that was pretty good, season one, but we're probably gonna get the same goddamn thing in season two. No, season two, the first episode is the purge, and then like for a good chunk of the season is what happens after the purge, the consequences on that person calling what is illegal, what's legal anymore, because it passed the second after the purge minute, and all the consequences. <laughs> Yeah, and, yeah, but all yeah. the consequences of you know the political side of the purge, and then the last two episodes, you go back to the purge, so you see the in between that you've never seen in the movies. You always see the night of, and that's it. But it never gets explored the ramifications of the purge, the 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 PTSD the act the actual purge employees live through seeing that someone get beat up and. Uh oh. It's okay with them. Is it actually though? They accept it, but it resurf things resurface after a while. So I absolutely love the psychology they can bring to, to the purge. And that's what the TV series done for me. Okay. I'm gonna have to check it out. You got me sold on possibly checking out the purge TV series now. It's worth I, I would have never watched it about a friend that was obsessed with it. So I was like, ah, and then I, after episode three, I was like, this is actually pretty good. And then I just got into it. Which is hard okay. for me. Uh, let's see here. For me, I'm going to have to go with the Paranormal Activity franchise itself. Because mm -hmm. I feel like... Here's the thing. I remember going into the theater and falling asleep inside the movie theater. The usher had to wake me up. Because I was... And everything. He goes, sir, it's time to leave. I said, what are you talking about? I just got here. <laughs> he goes, sir, the movie's over. So... Once it came on DVD, I gave it another shot. I felt like I was doing home security, watching these characters, and trying to watch a paranormal event ha take place. And I was just bored out of my mind. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to try and do another one, do a second one. Then I did the second one. I'm like, nah, I can't do this. I was fatigued after the second one. Even then, even with the Mark ones, I went into the Mark ones and everything, and I didn't like that movie. So... And then they just keep on making them. And I'm like, I don't have any interest. Every single time, whenever I see this, I'm like, again, I said, I'm tired of found footage movies. I don't really like found footage films. That's just me and my take on it. 
I just don't find them that interesting. Shaky cam and everything else. If I need to watch that, I can watch my grandfather take uh, videos of the floor back when I was little and get more commentary from that than watching it on watching Paranormal Activity. <laughs> so that's just my take on Paranormal Activity. <laughs> well, my, my ex was actually um, one of my exes was actually very very obsessed with Paranormal Activity. At first, I didn't get it. But the more I watched them, the more I understood there's really interesting interwoven things, right? If you're a fan, you kind of see the timeline, especially, I think it was Mark once, uh, it, it's about two brothers, like Hispanic uh, brothers, right? And, and things happen because they get cursed, but it loops back to the first one. So the storyline over through is actually pretty interesting, but is there moments in the movie you're like, okay, this, this again, Yes, because it's very limited, right? And to show an example of a movie that tried to get out of that and it fucking didn't work at all was Wreck, R-E-C. Uh, it's a Spanish movie. Not the right, American version. But the Wreck 1 and Wreck 2 was found footage. It even went to a, a demon angle. And I found the found footage aspect for that movie especially really worked because it was really in your face, really frantic, in a building type of thing. And very claustrophobic, and I found it was really, really interesting, interestingly done. Then they tried with Rec 3 to push it, you know, it starts to found footage, and at one point becomes a normal movie. And I, I went like, no, this is no. And it pulled me off completely, right? So there, it's, it's a very tricky thing. Is this something we see often these days? No, because it's past. Will we see, though, a movie that will make it interesting again? Yes. Because it's a genre now. And that genre is, it can get played. Like, one, I would not be surprised one day we will see a found footage superhero movie that might work. Because given the context, you take a genre, you take an inspiration, and you evolve the franchise with that, like, that one shot that was a, a found footage movie. Didn't they try doing that with Chronicle? Yeah. No, but I mean established like MCU, oh. DC, Teenage. Oh, okay. Okay, giving it into the lenses like if you see Superman, giving it into the lens of the camera rather than. I, right. I, I would I would go with like a Punisher. Punisher would okay. make sense. It's like the FBI going through the found footage and see until you actually see him, or something like that. But there's an angle you could take one of the characters, make a one shot movie out of it, like they did with Joker, like they do with certain things, you know and bring an angle but will the found footage style live on no because it's a genre and genres change and evolve at the time right what about you charlie um what else do you have that you feel like that you're getting fatigued of um i think a lot of people are getting fatigued with this the terminator franchise yeah um, i'm like, with you on that one they I, mean, have to I, do just, something I mean they got to do something new like they i mean like i i like that they tried with dark fate they they did the they tried to do it what they did with the Halloween movies like the true sequel to Terminator Two like I, I loved the first three I thought the first three were entertaining Salvation had its moments I enjoyed that and then when Genesis happened that movie was just absolute dog shit like Jai Courtney sorry dude stick to DC because you you suck as uh, Kyle Reese John Clark uh, Jason Clark. Dude, you sucked as John Connor. Like seriously, turning John Connor evil. What? What in mind does that work? Oh, and sorry, uh, Daenerys. 
stay out of Sarah Connor because you suck as it. Because she was, <laughs> Sarah, just, uh, Amelia Clark was terrible as Sarah Connor. Your counterpart in Game of Thrones, Lena Headey, was a fantastic and much imp- a much better version of Sarah Connor than you were in a TV series called The Sarah Connor Chronicles, which was a highly underrated show. And Fox did the show dirty by ending the show on a cliffhanger. Yeah. So and it, it is just like mm. that. But and then I but Dark Fate changed when he brought Linda Hamilton back. And 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 he and he, and he, and he took some and he took some chances with it. And there's did it all of them work out? No. But it was nice seeing Linda Hamilton be a badass again. And it was and I thought it was an entertaining movie. And do I want more? At this point, no, until you change it up. Um, and, but I mean Here's that's problem, why okay. oh that's why too that it becomes repetitiveness and that's why too we get big t because the same story same lines and stuff like that and here's the thing i like the first two terminator movies third one not not really. uh then of course you and i had this conversation not too long ago charlie before the before we did this but there was a if you actually watch the un um the director's cut for t2 where he actually takes the device that actually controls his uh, controls his brain and everything. He takes that out in order for him not to kill anymore, and everything. So therefore, when you get into this last movie, he's just a normal. He picks the whitest person that you can actually think for a white person's name, which is Carl. And then you don't have any background that. into how he's not killing anymore. It's like all of a sudden, I don't do that no more. I'm like, well, what made you not kill anymore? I'm glad you're not killing, but. How did you do that? What was the steps? Unless you watch that director's cut of T2, you don't know about that device that's planted into his brain or anything unless you watch that. And that's what they needed to do. They needed to, rip, they needed to do something to actually explain that, in my opinion. But go ahead, Frenchie. But here's the thing with Terminator. Sadly, they tried to advance it, right, in multiple ways. But they're damned if they do or they're damned if they don't. They tried doing... Going back to the back of the past, they try to advance the story a bit, but stay in the same timeline. They try going the future, you know, and, and having a story set on the future and not do the same repetition, and it still didn't work. So what's next? Terminator Terminator on Mars? I'm like, do you change planets? <laughs> it, it's, it's a franchise that needs to be left alone and really left Give alone. Give it some breathing because, room. Yeah, I because... It, it, yes, they try to recycle the story, but they tried at least something every time. It's not just always the same thing, but even that didn't work. So at one point, you've it's done what you Different did. directors, that was the problem. Like, you had James Cameron did the first two, then you had another one for the third one. Then I think then Cameron lost the, lost the rights to it or whatever his company lost the rights to Terminator. Then Salvation happened, it was a different director. Then you had a Game of Thrones guy coming in or doing the, the Genesis, and then you got like James Cameron producing the, the Dark Fate, but you had Tim Miller, um, who probably is a one-hit wonder in my opinion of Deadpool. Um, and then and then and then he hasn't done anything that I mean I thought I liked what he did with Terminator, but it's this when we like like they need somebody like a professional. I think Chris Nolan. Chris Renault, if he took over the, the Terminator franchise, that might actually be kind of inter- interesting. I mean, he he's like, there's not many, many people that can come up with original ideas. I think he'd be perfect to do it because he's done, he's dabbled in the sci-fi and the whole idea about time and everything. And like, I think he'd be perfect to do this. Same with him doing a James Bond movie. I mean, it's just like, he. It, there's not many directors that I think could take on the Terminator 
and change it. And I think Nolan would probably be the if they ever do it. I think Christopher Nolan would be the perfect choice. But um, I'm gonna say something too. Uh, here's the thing: when it comes to Christopher Nolan, I like his original work. I like whenever he does his original stuff because to me, yeah, he did three Batman movies, but then you saw the tiredness of Christopher Nolan doing three of them to the point where it's like, yeah, the first two were good, but then you have the third Batman movie, which is not the strongest Batman film in that trilogy, and he's just wore down to the point where he's victimed himself and he doesn't have anybody else to share that pressure of directing a certain movie like the Russo brothers do where they can actually share the stress off of each other. And stuff like that and things like that. I feel like if he did a Terminator movie, I feel like it would be in that kind of way where it's going to be like, okay, I'm having to reboot another franchise again. And am I going to be And the next thing you know, it, if it's successful, they're going to want me back again because it drew the box office crowd. And because it drew the, drew the box office crowd, that means I'm up to two more films in this franchise and I might get big teeth again. That's just my thoughts on it. Um, um, go on, Frenchie. Uh, there's one director because there's I agree with you, Charlie, and I agree with you, John. The director makes everything right, but that's the thing. He has to be a director, not just implanted by a studio saying he's gonna be a good boy and let's throw our notes and we're gonna make a lot of money. We need a creative director, a director that can bring a voice, that can bring something that is you know maybe similar storylines. But the visuals and the, the feel of the movie is so unique that it feels like its own thing. And for me, it's the guy, I forgot the name of the movie. Um, it's from the the actor with Avatar, the old grizzled guy. He plays a um, a blind, a oh, blind. Like uh, don't breathe. Yeah, don't breathe. Steve Lane. Uh, Steve yeah. Having, a, he, he's such a, a minute to detail type of guy and his storytelling storytelling is so layered you know you think you know what the movie is until you go chapter two chapter three and it goes in directions and and that you never expected but also brings such a unique type of tension and i think he would actually lend well to terminator having a more of a suspense feel to it than just like action adventure and the whole world stake um you know, the whole world is at stake. We have to save the world. Having something more intimate in a Terminator franchise would be more interesting. Okay. Um, let's see here. There's something else that I want to mention, too. Brandy actually mentioned the Scream franchise. And here's the thing. I like the very first... I like the two two films out of the uh, Scream franchises. I thought the first two films were really good. And then you get into the re the rest of the sequels. Even the third one, I felt like it was flat and everything. I felt like something was missing. And then James also, Love. James huh? Love was in the third one. <laughs> I'm not kidding. They were. They they would have showed up and they were talking right. about, hey, what's up, Gail or whatever. Right. Um, but go on. But what makes me excited about this new scream thing, this new scream movie, is the fact that they're bringing back the original. Uh, actors back in this again They're and everything five minutes <laughs> so, kill them off. I don't think I don't think so I mean Never. Nev Campbell there's a possibility but still it makes me interesting on knowing seeing maybe there might be something more that we are missing from the other two from the other screen movies and everything and I feel like that's what was missing in the last screen movie was the original ca uh, original cast 
So if they actually do something different with it, I'm all I'm sold on it. But I need to see a trailer before I actually say, yay, I'm going to go on ahead and get my ticket. But I am sold on the new Halloween Kills movie because of the fact that I have this theory right now. And if it's actually true, I hope it is. But it's this whole entire thing for every kill that Michael Myers has. I feel like there's an entity feeding into him, making him stronger. So that's what I feel like. I feel like every single time Michael kills, he gets stronger, which also makes him unbeatable which makes them op which is overpowered in case anybody doesn't know what op is but with the scream franchise though i do feel like it lost its flavor but maybe i'm hoping that they actually have matthew lillard back in this because he wants to come back so if not maybe later on down the road um, scream one and two yes three and four no but no. surprisingly i don't know if you guys seen it the scream tv series on netflix it's actually surprisingly really good. Um, it it kind of retells the story, yes, but it, it kind of shows that even if you're telling the same story, you can bring something more. And the fact that it's a TV series, there's a lot more suspense, it actually works. So there is things to do with Scream. For the other movie, I, I, I agree. It's, no. Um, uh, I can't say this. Even if, no, I disagree. Uh, Halloween, is interesting but the whole like he losing his soul and he becomes more of a monster is kind of known already we, we know he's not human right at one right. point you just add an extra information unless you really play off of it for me it kind of feels like the same old shit, to be honest okay um, i got you <laughs> scream four the original cast was in scream four um they maybe we weren't in it. they were they were in it and then they had tried to have the the new guys in there and then that's when that came out had the line don't fuck well, the originals well um, here's the thing though with that though none of those are even canon anymore now none of those are canon so therefore this new one that we had in 2019 is actually canon now basically michael myers and Lori are not even brother and sister well, it's a psychopath yeah, yeah. Uh, just a psychopath that escaped from a mental institution and went on a killing spree. So happens to be Lori's the one who got away. And talk about a guy that never gives up on the person that got, gets away. But <laughs> because he always wants to try and go after his one last kill. But what makes this new one different, though, for me, you have a town gathering to try and take down Michael Myers. And trying to go after Michael Myers versus them being scared of Michael Myers. I, I, I completely agree with Charlie. It's like, yay, the <laughs> at least don't live in ignorance anymore, and they see there's a problem after like a billion movies. But again, it's it's just more excuses to do kill scenes, right? Whereas for me, the real push, and I find it's an underrated Halloween, is the first Rob Zombie Halloween. Mm, the fact that like you that bring one. the psychological sense of the trauma of a kid, right? And you can see that, kind of feel bad for him because he's a kid, but you know what he becomes. So you're like, you're like, I, yeah, I can't forgive him, but it's horrible what he's going through, right? Uh, and that psychological aspect is usually missing into horror movies and you really nailed it down. For me, the last one, it's just like, okay, you kind of change the main character's storyline a bit, but again, it feels like going after the unstoppable machine and meh so i'm really not excited i'm happy he has his audience because there are hardcore fans of halloween that wants mm-hmm. to succeed and i hope it does 
but I I really don't think he can push. Like, what do you do after the second? You know, do you just reboot it again because it's so popular? He has to do something with it. So where do you open the doors? I mean, there's a tr- it's a trilogy for this new one. So you got Halloween Kills and Halloween Kills again. So that's the final one in this the the, the, the like Laurie Strode like story, trilogy. and that's canon from the original movie. Wait, the the one that coming out is the third one. Second, Second one. one. Okay, I was gonna say what. Well, I, yeah. there's another I, one that's coming out next year. That would be the third one or whatever. Like it because yeah. it was like. The, the Halloween, the one that came out, was the sequel, the true sequel to the original Halloween. This one's the continuation of that. And it's just, like you said, French, it's just an excuse for Michael to kill people. And you got, like, a town going after him. I'm like, come on, people. Do you not learn? Have you not heard of the eight or nine or a bajillion of these Halloween movies? It's like, it's definitely a franchise that's definitely overstated. It's welcome. Sure, it changed it up. What's this Michael Myers killing people? What's, it's not like yeah, nothing, it's, anything new. Just, just Lori becoming a gun nut. Becoming a Karen. It, especially of horror movies, it's hard to do because look at the last Chucky. It. Like yeah. going away from the whole voodoo thing and doing like a bad AI. Props for them trying to figure out how to bring a new angle, but you lose its soul at the same time. It's a very tricky thing. In horror, Name a couple really successful, always been good franchises. There's not many, Mm-mm. and and you know the 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 the, the whole shared universe thing or, or a franchise. It's hard. It's a double, yes, but horror seems to be rebooted every five twenty years. It's right. it's rarely a continuation, except and even then it was poorly done. Uh, hats off to Shyamalan connecting his movies together. Uh, when it came to the split and and unbreakable, in a fashion no no one expected or no one even wanted, and then wanted after seeing that Bruce Willis scene yeah. in the diner, right? So hats off to him. He found a way to at least bridge yeah. it over time. That's the thing. He didn't do let's do three Halloween movies year after year and expand on this universe that yeah. you know kind of feels the same every fucking movie. There's ways to do it, but it's a long game of horror. And yeah. most like Conjuring and, and Insidious, they don't get that. They just want to pump up, have the scares, and that's it. But it feels empty after a while, personally. Hmm. All right. So, is there anything else that you wanted, you guys want to dabble in or anything like that as far as other franchises or anything like that? Well, no, I'm good. Okay. I, have a, I have a question for you guys. Is there a movie that, you know, should have had its own franchise and never really got the opportunity that is a miss um uh to be honest with you there is one and that's uh what's that it's john uh it's the box it's movie that field and everything is john carter john carter should have had a franchise okay that movie is super underrated and not only (laughs) is it super underrated it's also un underappreciated though too for what it is for me it's a uh, dread that should have oh, continued yeah, and, dread and, 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 all the, yes. and, and see not just having judge dread right but having other aspects of uh, of that world and brought it hell a netflix show i don't know 
But it happened I remember a while back that they wanted to do a Netflix show. Remember that? How we got yeah. different news reports and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden they just killed it. I'm like, really? This could have been so much more to it on the bone for us to eat. And then they don't give it to us. Yeah. And, and yeah. another one is uh, I actually liked a lot the last Global Cop movie. And I, I really thought, okay. I, I actually found it a lot more human, a lot more. Uh, I like psychology in my my things, and for me, the lead actor, the guy who was in Suicide Squad, actually did a fucking good job. It, he he brought a Robocop that didn't feel like the one before, but didn't feel out of place, and that's hard to do with iconic characters. So especially in the eighties, eighties usually are like you can't touch them. You can usually touch them. They're bullshit. And I actually found he did good. Um, I I. I hated the reboot. I, I thought that was terrible. I think the only highlight was Sam Jackson dropping Mother Effer, but it was bleed out because he's like the, the news reporter and that. And it just, it just didn't have the feel. Because right after I watched the reboot, I was like, you know what? I'm watching the original, and it's all an X-rated glory. Because if anybody doesn't know, the original RoboCop was rated X for violence because it had the blood quips. That that one is just like the iconic villain Clarence Boddicker. Like it's just like um. Just give me my fucking phone call, or like bitches leave, or do you mind if you uh, like fit me in? Like the iconic Clarence Boddicker lines, right. and, and and of course, yeah, that one that. But a franchise I was really I kind of want the losers. Yep, um, the losers is underrated though too. That one, like that one, I want to see more because I love the dynamic of the team, and it's like you got some good people in it. Like you have. Negan is your leader. You have Captain America on the team. You have Gamora on the team. And then you got um and then and then the other two guys. Um we're not gonna mention Nietzsche's elbow, but if you if you've seen the movie you understand why. But um it that one was so good. It was entertaining, it was funny, like Chris Evans was before before that. He's like they all had a good time and the action was really entertaining in it. And that's like and I kinda wanted to see them continue on with that. And I think that would have been a perfect continue on because it was a the chemistry was there it was entertaining had great was it the action ridiculous absolutely but that's the whole point and it's based off a comic there's plenty of it and i thought the losers should have had a franchise but uh, i just thought of uh, two uh, franchises that should stop is kingsman the second one wasn't good at all and I'm i didn't not, like the kings I'm, i didn't like the second one yeah and I, I don't know why they're making a third one it's, it's the prequel the third one yeah, is the, the prequel, prequel. But and they're making another one afterwards, which there's characters from the I'm prequel. still interested. Here's the thing. I'm still interested in The Kingsman because it's a prequel film. Yeah, they had one bad landing out of the gate with the second one. But if they learn from their mistakes with the second film and go into it in a different angle, I could be sold on a third one. But as far as this uh, prequel thing goes, I'm I'm actually interested in seeing more from The Kingsman in this world. But yeah. it, it, here's it like doing prequels is a tricky thing because you already know what happens, so the stakes are a lot less. There's characters you never seen the first and second one, you'd be like, Ah, he probably is gonna die in this one, but the characters you know is gonna evolve in, in the first and second one, like, yeah, he, he's getting chased by a big robotic thing, but he's not gonna die because I know what happens. So for me, it, it's tricky. Yes, they can bring something interesting, but from what I saw in the second one. It's hard to reproduce an interesting villain in this world, right? Samuel yeah. Jackson was awesome. Who plays the, the second? 
the first one, yeah. What place is that one again? Three uh, and more. Yeah. Poppy. I no. She was, um, oh, God, I mean, no. I thought she was a good villain in it, but then again, apparently I'm the only one. That seems to be the show. Everybody hates <laughs> for me. It's okay. But I, I don't think Kingsman a franchise yet. It hasn't had hey. three... It, it, the three is done. The three is about to go. It's a fucking franchise, Charlie. It's uh, yeah, the prequel, <laughs> and then there's characters that are, that are in this prequel. They're gonna show up. So it's no a XB. franchise. I know, but and then they're gonna do a. I mean, the thing is, they didn't have different directors for each one. You had Matthew Vaughn is the, he still had his style in it. Was the second one the first one? No, but for what the second one did, there's so there's moments in it that you can take out of it that were entertaining, like. I, I thought Taron Edgerton was fantastic in it because he is Eggsy, and I thought it was great. And it was, um, and I loved uh, Mark Strong as uh, as uh, as Merlin, and like or like, and then that them bringing up moments like fucking spectacular. Um, but um, like, and I said, and then the third one, like the third in the Eggsy movie, that's what a lot of people can think. There is no third movie that one that's coming out is not the third movie. It's a third movie in. The universe the franchise. of I said universe, not franchise. <laughs> the universe franchise. of it's the a franchise. franchise, but it's not the continuation of Exy and Harry. That that yeah. one will come after this one because Terry Edgerton is wondering like, why is he not in it? Everybody's freaking okay. out. I'm like, Everybody, here's Charlie, another example of franchise I cannot stand anymore. And they did the prequels and everything, it's still a franchise, so it's gonna block your argument. That's Underworld. They, they went yep. left, right, and they got tiresome. There's a prequel in the universe part of the franchise, yes, because you know why? It's part of the world. Mm. So so Kingsman <laughs> is a franchise. Do not stop me, Charlie. Okay, I will sure, fight you I'll on this. On that one. I, I don't care. <laughs> you see, this is what happens when he wins two matches in a row. I know, right? <laughs> When you had that, you, you had it all and you blew it. Like, just remember that one game, you had a lead, you blew it like the Falcons. I mean, you we're not talking about me, we're talking it. about you. No, I'm, I'm just defending myself. I ain't going down with a fight, that's just me. But no, like, sure, I'll agree. Like, the, the, the fifth Underworld movie wasn't great, and the, the, the third movie wasn't great. But the first two were awesome. I saw the second one in the theaters, and I thought the fourth one was entertaining. I thought the fifth one sucked when he killed off um, Michael. He killed him off. So anybody has to see Underworld Five. Spoiler alert! Like, I mean, you kill off the coolest part of the idea, and I think the premise was like the idea was really cool, like in some vampires because you haven't seen this before, and they're actually like that. I thought it had it was entertaining. I think then then again they kept changing directors and different stuff, right. and then because the two and of them, I like like, yeah, go ahead, sorry. No, 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 it's cool, man. But no, I like the first two uh, Underworld films, to be honest with you. But then after a while, just started getting really redundant to the point where I'm like, what am I living? Like, okay, what is connected? What isn't co uh, connected? It didn't feel cohesive. It didn't feel like it was together yeah. and everything. It was just felt like a giant mess. And I like having something that's a little bit more cohesive for me, for me to follow. The first two actually felt like it was more connected versus the prequel film prequel film was okay but not as good it's like having great value mashed potatoes you don't you know instant potatoes but you want regular potatoes they're good but not as good as regular potatoes where you have to cut them up and eat so for me having the prequel is like having instant great value mashed potatoes and also to the 
the whole franchise feels like instant potatoes if you actually think about it. But well, <laughs> um, yeah, the be co- careful what you're saying there because look at uh, the Saints of New York. That's a prequel. Uh, yeah. And that might be better or more interesting or yeah. just an advancement, right? So you never know with prequels. Is it hard? Fuck yeah. Is it hard in general with franchises? You you touch it yourself, Charlie, right? Mm-hmm. The the fact that there's different uh different uh directors it, it kind of is easy to lose track of the world and where it's at already and what's mm-hmm. getting retconned and not retconned or you know that character would have done that in this movie but now he's doing it in this movie like yeah there's a lot of like fluidity issues now i can't believe this is a franchise we can fucking talk about star wars i was about it, to mention i yeah. just didn't want to be that person i'm tired it, of it it it, it, it I think the direction they're going right now really makes sense. TV, yeah, TV. It, it expands the world without always hitting you with like the big storylines. I like the smaller personal things like Mandalorian. It makes sense. Um, do you always have to do about the struggle about the Jedi and the Sith Dark Force? No, the whole world is much bigger than that and very interesting. And they're already set in with all the aliens and and. You know, mm-hmm. galaxies and right. it's, so yeah, mm-hmm. it is doable. But for the movies itself, connect connect the main storyline. I hope it's done. I hope they bring something new eventually. Uh, yeah. and, and you know, be if the Sith Jedi that storyline, you can still continue it. But you can see the last movies. Although I do enjoy some parts and some of them, they were made to make money. They weren't made to advance the storyline, and much. that, and, and w- which is surprising from the studio that gave us MCU, right? Yeah. But they didn't get the memo. No, like I mean, it just they wanted to like I think because they got so much backlash on the prequels. Like I mean, the 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 second one, the second like all the prequels were not great, and and you have like cringeworthy moments like Anakin's complaining about sand. And you have you have like I mean that's a cringeworthy line, right. but if you if you have Tommy Wiseau saying it's hilarious, like sand, it's so close to my hand, like sand, like like you had that, and then you have Anakin killing kids, Anakin killing kids. Seriously, like I mean, I'm like everybody's like, what? That, that didn't happen, stars. Yeah, he killed kids. It's pretty obvious. Like, hello, kids, are you ready? And it's like, and and then of course you got Hayden Christensen playing Anakin. It was probably the, the most boneheaded decision because he sucks. Why the fuck did you get him as Anakin? Yeah, he, he didn't suck. He had sucky direction. And yeah. he was thrust into something that I don't think he was quite prepared for. And it kind of showed after a while. Mm-hmm. And to the point that he stopped acting, right? Because he kept following him wherever he went. Because yeah. Star Wars is fun. Star Wars fans suck balls. Okay? Yeah, and then, they um, really do. They, they like. Then, they, I don't know. I don't know what happened after a while, but they just become unpleasant. And you had, then you had the force. Oh, sorry, French. You had him. Just go ahead. But but Christensen, I personally think they should do a series about Dark Vader and let let him play it, get him involved because he's a lot better than people give him for. Uh, I forgot the movie, but it's a movie that you know he had a surgery done. And he's actually awake during the surgery, and there's just like there's a whole plot around it. I think it was he's actually me. it actually is really good, very well acted, surprisingly very well acted by the guy. He has the chops, 
You just have to give them the right direction, you know? And you see that sometimes with a couple actors. We mentioned one, Tricordy. Horrible in most movies. But you give the one role, like uh, Captain Boomerang, he, he finds a soul. You can have something good. There's potential with a couple mm-hmm. people. And for me, uh, Jaden is the Hayden is definitely one of them. Yeah, um, and then The Force Awakens is essentially a new hope for the next generation. That's, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure. That's... That's pretty blatant. I mean, it, it's it, you know, you, you're getting made fun of when South Park makes fun of it, and they pretty much said it's practically a new hope. Like you have to have the member berries. Like, remember when this happened? I mean, essentially, that's what that's what Force Awakens was, and new hope for this generation. Except you have the wise old guys, Harrison Ford's Han Solo, and then he dies. Like, I mean, come on. It, it, it's, I it's feel like storyline. I feel like for that, though, it made sense because it's been 30 years since we've seen these characters and everything. So they needed to go ahead and refresh our memory into this universe again for an age of people who haven't seen Star Wars and everything. So I feel like that was actually needed and everything for us to have. And then I I agree. I agree because I remember seeing it in cinema and realizing it's kind of a rehash. But with better visuals, different characters, and, like, Kylo Ren back then was interesting. I like to see, mm-hmm. like, the, the the very different type of villain. You had Darth Vader, which is, seems cool, calm, collective, but there's anger, right? Something very boiling inside that can snap at any moment and just choke you out, but still stays very stoic. Then you got the kid, right? The, the, the spasms of like emotion and the outlash and outrage. And that was different enough for me to be like, okay, we're going in an interesting direction. What lost me is not even the second one. Uh, I actually find found that uh, La, um, Last Jedi, right? Last Jedi was the uh, uh, second, was yeah, the second so, one. Yeah, was. that's the RIP. I only really had, version it, had con- con- one. it had controversial moments. But I actually like the direction they went. They went to shock a bit. They went to try to do something different. That's the thing. By killing off Snoke and being, you know, I am my own master now, right? Opened up storylines that would have been very interesting to see. But the third one, this is where you lose me. You have one of the coolest, most celebrate, the most, yes, boy, characters ever, which is Palpatine. And you wasted. We've been waiting mm-hmm. 30 fucking five years to have a conclusion and to have this moment of his return. And all you and get is ah, and destroying a couple of fucking like, you know, starships and then still getting outplayed by his ego because that's the only reason why he died. He was too self-confident like he was in, in the other one, right? That was a waste. And that pissed me off enough to be like, okay, done. That is done. You do not do poorly handled all the classic characters. You know, you no, no classic character had a redemption, I find. They were all no. wasted, personally. It was like one very one note, to be yeah. honest. But the worst um, was Palpatine. That that right. is they had something, they had gold, and they just they wasted it. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree. Um, so Here's the thing. Brandy actually asked, what do y'all think about the Ghostbuster movie franchise? Now, here's the thing. I love the first two Ghostbusters films 
and everything. I love those. Those are always going to be my classic ones that I go to. This Now, here's the thing. The 2016 one, I'm not going to give it a hard time because of the fact it's an all-female cast, which I appreciate what they did. It was okay, but you can't actually plaster that onto your posters. Like, eh, Ghostbusters. It was an okay movie. So, I liked aspects into it, but I feel like they actually missed the dice on that. Now, the one that I'm excited for is this new one that's coming out that could actually make it my third one within this old group of Ghostbusters and everything for it to be a third one for me. So, that's what I'm excited for. What about you guys? The, the fact that they're kids kind of turns me off. Is like Stranger Things meets Ghostbusters. Like, we saw the kid dynamic done over and over now. The the whole, you know, Stephen King feel like of like a bunch of kids trying to survive. Okay, cool. But I'm actually I was actually excited for more the the, the Paul Feig one than this one. And I actually liked it. it it was a big success, but I liked the approach. I actually found it work. And I love Chris Hemsworth being the dumb secretary. That was just perfect. <laughs> that was really, really perfect. This new one seems interesting they seem to want to push the storyline cool but i don't think it's going to bring anything that i'm going to be interested for to be honest i haven't seen any of them except the 2016 version i don't think I'm, like the new one i keep seeing trailers for i don't think i'm going to be like okay it's how, how do we mute charlie right now huh? how, how do we mute charlie did you just say <laughs> You haven't seen the first two fucking Ghostbusters. I've seen bits and pieces. I haven't watched them in its entirety. Well, I know him. I mean that. I mean, but it's it's. I mean, I've seen it. Like I know the whole gist of it about the Marshmallow Man and them stopping them. Sigourney Weaver becoming. But there's like, so much jokes and the context in that though that makes it so like, much fun. I mean, it's stuff it's, like I mean, I like I mean stuff like back then. I probably like it, I catch them late and I probably won't enjoy them as much. It's just. It's like saying I don't need to see Die Hard because I know Yippie Kaye, motherfucker. It's like <laughs> you don't if you don't see the whole movie, yeah, it, you kind of get the, the 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 context clues, but you don't have the awesomeness of the fucking entire movie. And that's another franchise that should die. It's Die Hard, like yep. stop. Exactly, well, they have. they're not doing it anymore anyway. That yeah, that prequel movie. movie got canceled. Yeah, Bruce Willis will need money eventually, so you never know. He's doing direct-to-video direct stuff, and it's bad. Um, I'm going to turn into will, Christian Harloff for a minute, where he, that where he actually points out having at the Nakatomi Plaza for the anniversary and have it sit in that way with the anniversary, and then something goes awry to where he has to once again survive and everything. So if they use that aspect that Christian Harloff has and everything, I think that it could work. But not have Bruce Willis play Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis needs to be 100% dedicated into playing John McClane. And and that's the problem with the other movies. It did not feel like a John McClane performance, right? It just felt like he was there for paycheck. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it's it, that's what the, if your main character, you can't, I don't know why, but in my mind, you can't really replace John McClane. He's mm -hmm. not a James Bond, right? James Bond, you can bring assets, aspects, and different angles. For me, John McClane is. That one-dimensional, awesome yeah. action hero, but that's about it. Where like awesome. was, the fourth one was the best. Like it was a great one. That was the one with uh, that the hackers, him taking on them, and him. Like I thought that was a great one. Yeah, it was P thirteen, but there, I I enjoyed that one. I the fifth one sucked. I mean, that's there's no denying that. 
I had a physical reaction when you said the fourth one was good. Um, I like the third one. I like the first three. One. Uh, two, eh, but one and three for me. I mean, two is, like, two is my favorite because there's so many iconic, and he actually wore shoes, and that was the nice part. Like, I mean, and the fourth one, I like that one because there's so many lines. Like, he was being John McClane-esque. Like, when he's beating up uh, Nikita, and sh- and then the, the whole scene with the elevator shaft, he's like, oh, last time I saw her, she got a, she had an SUV ran up her ass. Like, the whole, the one-liners John McClane was running to get Timothy Oliphant, like, all pissed off and stuff, and then... And I thought, and that was the first time I saw um, uh, Ramona Fowler's uh, Mary Elizabeth Weinstead. She played the daughter. I thought she was good in it too. Like, there's aspects. The fourth one was entertaining. Like, you got like like saying like you, you just you just crashed a car into a helicopter. Yeah, I ran out of bullets. Like, I mean, it's just that this that there was just a lot of like iconic John like John McClane moments. Sure, it should have been R. Absolutely, it would have been. But I still got the same effect. As an as in a PG thirteen movie, like and it was a hardcore PG thirteen, and it the fifth one sucked. I mean, I'm not I'm not denying that fifth one sucked. I like the first four for what they were. I thought they were all all four like the first, if they just end it with the four all four movies, yeah, that'd been fine. It would have been a, a perfect franchise or trilogy. Okay. So, is there anything else that you wanted to mention or anything like that or? No, I'm good. I, I think we're good. Uh, we actually talked. We actually talked like half an hour more than. Hey, it's fine. Time, so I, I like this though. To be honest, I mean, this is why I picked this topic and everything. I thought it was very interesting for us to just go in there, dissect certain things, and everything, and just have a good time with it. So, with that being said, Frenchie, where can everybody follow you at and all that other good stuff that you do at Schmoes of the North? Yes, sir. So, you, as you say yourself, you can find me at Schmoes of the North. We have a lot of shows. I'm not just on it. We got let's talk about Star Wars. We got the media sweaty. Let's get sweaty. Uh, top five. We got uh, the Schmodown related shows, which is Schmodown Nine Canada. So there's a lot of content. We almost have a post a day, so go check it out. Also, do not miss out Saturday. Speaking of Schmodown on the Jcast Network, where I produce a show. I'm sometimes on it, trying to get Jay Wade mad or at least like break a vein on his head or something. Uh, it's always fun to argue with him. Uh, do not miss it out. We are on. 2.30 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time. We usually have showdown guests uh, and games and a lot of like co-hosts, special co-hosts, so do not miss a thing. Okay. With that being said, guys, that's going to be it for our show for tonight. I just want to thank Frenchie for coming on here, taking the time out of your night. It's been a long time, brother. I'm glad that you're actually t- um, was able to come on, talk for an hour and 30 minutes close to it, but I do appreciate you doing that. I can breathe and do other things at work now. So that's that, great, that, man. That, that helps. <laughs> that, that definitely does. So, with that being said, guys, go on ahead and do this first. There's a little bell on the right hand side of the screen that I want you guys to smash. And here comes the pride belt. Okay. Well, so, John, anyways, you thank me for being on the show. Too. <laughs> thank you for being on the show. <laughs> yeah, after I told you. <laughs> See, Charlie, the, the, the more you win on my games, the last John's going to take care of you I because know. Your, your head is going to be so inflated. <laughs> okay. You won't see your head anymore. <laughs> You'll just see your forehead. Blame John for that one because this would have been like this. Like He would have won the first game, but he felt like he lost. He had a chance. He had it all, and he blew it. What can I say? <laughs> well, I'm going to be coming after that belt, though, by the way. Uh, so. Don't worry. This belt's not, I'm not saying this, but this is for my fantasy football league. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, anyways – <laughs> Anyways, guys, like I said before, go
go on ahead, go over to the right-hand corner of this channel, hit smash that uh, bell button on there, because if, if you don't do that, you're not going to know if we have any shows or anything like that coming up or anything like that. So when we go live, you get a notification, hey, look, they have something new. We have neighbors watching trailers that we're still doing. They're reacting to trailers. So guess what? Click, smash that bell. Sma I want that bell to break. Smash that also to smash it when, uh, and everything, and you get notifications for our live shows and everything else that we do here at Movie Lovers Unite. Also, too, and everything, you guys can go on ahead and get an audio-only episode of this show and many things that we do where you got, wherever you guys get your podcast from. But what I want you guys to do is go over to Good Pods right now. Right now, we're ranked number three, so we need you to go on ahead and give us a five-star review back over there to bump us back up to number one again. And also, too, guys... Tamara and I decided to partner up with St. Jude's Children's Hospital, so we're doing a charity event for Scentsy's. So go ahead, get yourself a Scentsy and everything. All the proceeds go over to St. Jude's Hospital. Then, of course, guys, go on ahead and follow me at Movie Loves You Night and TV Loves You Night on Facebook, underneath the same brand name on Instagram and on Pinterest as well. Then, of course, you guys can go on ahead and email me at movieloveshenight at gmail.com if you're a sponsor and would like to get in touch with us or like to be on the show and do that too. Go on ahead, email me at movieloversunite at gmail.com. And of course, you guys can go on ahead, follow me at Movie Lovers Unit on Twitter. And that's everywhere that you guys can go in and follow me at. Always until next time, guys. It's been fun. It's been real. I can't wait to do this again. Thank you again, Charlie. Thank you again, Frenchie, for being on the show. And yes, I did thank you, Charlie, properly. So <laughs> I tried to tell you. <laughs> and have a good night. I, I got one for next uh, 